Would you now please turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. And as you're turning, I, um, I'm just wondering how many of you know what a telegram was and is. How many of you know what telegrams are? All right. Yes, many years ago, people usually sent telegrams. Do some of you still send telegrams? Some of you, yes, depending what part of the world you're sending to. Isn't that right? Okay. I guess maybe in some ways, telegrams, Dr. Lisa, you know everything. Would you say, would you say telegrams were kind of an early form of email? Something like that. Okay. All right. Good enough. All right. So, many years ago when people used to almost always send telegrams, the pastor of a small town church sent one of the people from his congregation to the big city, sent this person to the big city to order a Christmas sign to be hung outside on the door of the church. Are you following me? All right. Well, this particular uh, parishioner gentleman from the church, lost the note which the pastor gave him, which gave the dimensions, it gave the dimensions of the sign and the inscription that was to be printed on, on the sign. So, so he wired the pastor, sent a message, and said, rush copy of motto, that is what's supposed to be on the sign, rush copy of motto and dimensions. Well, there was a new clerk in the Western Union, Union office uh, got the reply and, and almost fainted, almost fainted because the message read, unto us a child is born, eight feet long, three feet wide. <laughs> With a, with a kind of uh, email some of you send, that can also happen these days in terms of misinterpreting. Uh, let me tell you something else here. It was the day after Christmas at a particular church. I love this. The pastor, the pastor of the church was looking over the manger scene. He was looking over the manger scene when he noticed that the baby Jesus was missing, baby Jesus was missing from the figures. So the pastor hurried outside and saw a little boy with a red wagon. And in the wagon, in the wagon was the figure of the little infant Jesus. So he walked up to the boy and said, well, where, where did you get your passenger, my young friend? And the little boy replied, I got him from the church. And why did you take him? And the boy said, Well, about a week before Christmas, I prayed to the little Lord Jesus, and I told him if he would, if he would bring me a red wagon for Christmas, I would give him a ride around the block in it.
There is the beauty of a child. And the theme for this message is the beauty of Christmas. The beauty of Christmas. The beauty of Christmas is uh, in part told to us in Luke's Gospel, chapter 2. If you would just look at it once again with me here. At that time, verse 1, at that time the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for, the, for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven, and peace on earth, on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. My friends, I want you, I want you to discover the beauty of Christmas in so many different ways from what we have just read. The first truth I want you to notice with me is this. The beauty of discovering how valuable and precious you are to the Lord. How wonderful and precious you are to the Lord and to the world, in fact. And this beautiful truth came to my mind, and it comes to my mind every time I read this account. It comes to my mind from the fact that the shepherds were the first to hear the news, to hear the news of the birth of Jesus. You see, in the first century, in the first century, many people looked down upon shepherds. They were generally thought of as smelly, uh, dirty, and low-class people. That's how the shepherds were viewed. They were, in fact, excluded. They, they, they were excluded from giving testimony in the courts. Some of you would say, oh, they were blessed, in, in other words. <laughs> they were excluded just because the society at that time thought they couldn't be trusted. A lot of people were prejudiced against them. But God, however, God, however, was not prejudiced against them. God, God 
did not exclude them. He did not look down upon them as many people in their society did. Instead, by giving them, giving them the privilege of, of being the first to hear of Christ's birth, the Lord showed how valuable, significant, and precious in his sight were the shepherds. That's, that's what we uncover as we think about this part of the biblical account. By giving the shepherds the privilege of being the first to hear of Christ's birth, it was the Lord's way of saying, you are valuable, you're significant, you're precious. No matter what others say, you count. You really count. And beloved, I want to invite you to discover this Christmas, to discover how valuable and precious you are to the Lord especially, to the Lord especially, and to your respective families and to this world of ours. The example of the shepherds ought to make all of us, to make you feel like a somebody. And it should also, it should also encourage you, and it should encourage us to ask ourselves if there is a person or a group of people that for whatever reasons we look down upon, then let us say, Lord, from today onwards, I decide to look upon that person the way you see him, the way you see her, very valuable and precious, and, and, and just have a sense of, of awe, a sense of wow. Let me mention to you that on the one hand, these were ordinary shepherds. On the other hand, they were also very special shepherds, and here's how. In the holy temple in Jerusalem, morning and evening, an unblemished lamb was offered as a sacrifice to God. To see that the supply of perfect offerings was always available, the temple authorities had their own private sheep flocks which were pastured, uh, pastured near Bethlehem. It is most likely, most probably, that these shepherds were in charge of the flocks from which the temple offerings were chosen. It is a lovely thought. Think about it. It is a lovely thought that the shepherds who looked after the, 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 the sheep, who looked after the lambs, were the first to see the Lamb of God. They were the first to see the Lamb of God who will take away the sin of the world. What an awesome privilege they were given. Amen? Amen. Here's a second truth I ask you to think upon with me, and it is this. Read it from the big screen with me. The beauty of experiencing the presence of the Lord in a very special way. This comes out in verses 8 and 9, and especially, especially verse 9 says, The radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. The radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded 
the shepherds. What is that saying? It is saying the presence of the Lord surrounded them in some magnificent, some incredible way. And my friends, it is my prayer, and I'm sure the prayer and wish of our other pastors here, Dr. Lisa Autar, amen, and our youth minister, Pastor Lucas, who led us in the scripture reading. And I'm sure it is the prayer of our children's pastor, Pastor Bria on the lower level with the boys and girls tonight. It is our wish that you and I, that all of you, all of us, would experience the presence of the Lord in an extra special way during this Christmas season. And sometimes, sometimes we experience his presence in a very marvelous and special way in a service like this. Other times, you and I can experience his presence in a wonderful way when you are on your own, when you're on your own, just sitting in your living room or sitting in your car. Just recently when I was, when I was driving for quite a few hours, as I was listening to our church choir musical production, I was listening to the CD to learn, to learn my bass part. And I thank Jan Ong in the choir for the beautiful choir presentation just a couple of Sundays ago and the choir sang this past Sunday two beautiful songs. But as I was listening and driving, I, I had a glorious time in the presence of the Lord. I had a, just a wonderful time just as I was listening to my, to my bass choir part and trying to learn it. I was just, I was just, I was in the presence of the Lord, but I was still focused on driving. I was making sure I was following the rules and trying not to speed and all of that. And all I just want to say, whether you're a man or a woman or a teenager or a child, child, uh, the Bible says the presence of the Lord surrounded them. The radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And I want to encourage all of us, my dear friends, say, Lord, Lord, I want to be open. I want to be sensitive to your, to the radiance of your presence. Are you with me now? Amen. Yes. And like I said, we experience his mighty presence in different ways, in different locations, at different times. And be open, be open to the joy of his presence, would you? Let me take you to a, a, a third beautiful truth, and it is this. Read it out loud from the big screen. The beauty of having victory over whatever fear you are facing. In verse 10 we read, well, go back to verse nine. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. <clears throat> they were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. Don't be afraid, he said. Don't be afraid. Now you and I can understand why they would have been afraid 
here they are minding their own business, taking care of the sheep, taking care of the lambs, and, and, and the radiance of the glory of God comes upon them, and no doubt they were, whoa, what's going on, what's going on? And, and, and I understand, and you understand why they were afraid, but the reality is many of us here, many of us here experience fear. Some of you are living with different kinds of fear for a variety of reasons. And it's not, it's not because you're a bad person. It's not because you're a terrible person. It's not necessarily because you did something wrong. But sometimes, sometimes even God's people wrestle with a fear of this or fear of that. And I want to say to you, I want to say to you, I believe the Lord would want to say to each one of us, as he said to the angels in verse 10, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And may the Lord, by his spirit, through his love, through his grace, through his mercy, may the Lord give you victory over whatever fear you perhaps are wrestling with. Whatever it might be. Let me take you to another fourth marvelous truth, and that is the beauty of fresh joy in your life. Verse 10, verse 10 says, the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. That will bring great joy to all people. My friends, may the Lord Jesus bring great joy, fresh joy, new joy, unexpected joy, joy to the world, the Lord is come. May the Lord bring renewed joy to each one of your lives. And that joy, that joy may be because of his presence, and that joy may be because of a, of a new blessing. In recent, in recent months, several of our families, several families in our church have experienced the joy of a newborn baby in their lives. And one of the couples came up to me after, after this past Sunday's church service and showed me their newborn baby. What a precious little sweetheart. And uh, tonight, tonight, I was so happy when one of, one of the young couples whose wedding I, I had some time ago, not that long ago, but they, 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 they walked into the nursery downstairs and I had the privilege of just having a few moments with mommy and daddy and, and, and grandma and see their precious little sweetheart. So sometimes it may be that you will experience fresh joy through a new family member. Sometimes God brings about fresh joy through a, through a restored relationship, a restored relationship that maybe was broken before, or a new relationship. Sometimes he brings joy through an unexpected gift that maybe you have received or will receive this Christmas. But whatever it is, sometimes the Lord brings joy through the restoration of health, through his touch upon your body. 
And I rejoice in seeing the progress that some of you have experienced in recent weeks. Some of you have been in hospitals and you've needed the Lord's help and healing. And we are so delighted to see the progress that you are making. And may the Lord continue to restore and to heal you up. And I'm very happy to tell you tonight that I learned just, just this past weekend that on Friday, on Friday, Jamie Hernandez, who went into hospital the, the Labor Day weekend of September, September 1st weekend, Jamie Hernandez was able to go home from hospital on Friday. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The first day, two days that he was in hospital, the doctors said, the doctors said to the family, they said, He's not going to make it tonight. He's not going to make it. Next day, same thing. He's not going to make it. <laughs> and Jamie said to me recently, he said, Pastor Nick, the Lord must have a further plan for my life. Amen? Amen. The beauty of fresh joy in your life. Let it happen, Lord. Let me take you to another beautiful, marvelous truth. Number five, it is this. Number five. The beauty of believing that the Lord can do great things in unexpected places. Stick with me and you'll see it. Verse 11 says, verse 11. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. He has been born in Bethlehem. Well, why is that significant? Well, first of all, it's significant because the prophets foretold that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. But also, also, you see, in those days, no one would have expected that something earth-shattering, something fantastic would happen in Bethlehem. Bethlehem was a sleepy little town. It was uh, a hick town, as people sometimes used to say, um, in, in terms of small towns, although I think small towns are lovely, don't you? Especially if any of you come from a small town. I think it's lovely. <laughs> but um, but most, most people would have expected something fantastic like a birth, the birth of God coming to earth in the person of Jesus, the, the, <clears throat> the arrival of, of the Messiah, the God coming to earth in the person of Jesus. Most would have said if something magnificent like that is going to happen. It would happen in Jerusalem. And there would have been nothing wrong with it happening in Jerusalem. But it's, it's really incredible that Jesus was born in Bethlehem because it's a reminder to us that the Lord can do great things in unexpected places. You see, where you live, where you live, where you make your life, where you make your living, you might think, well, you know, hey, nothing, nothing incredible, nothing great can happen where I am, in my little world. But the truth is, God often does great things in unexpected places. Are you with me now? Amen. So, so, I want you to, I want you to look. I want you to be open. We want you to realize that wherever, wherever you are, this is where. You are where God can do something great, something unexpected. He can bring marvelous blessings to where you find yourself. It's not just over there that God does great things. It's not just over there, somewhere overseas. No, 
God is alive. He is real right here in the city of Toronto. He's alive. He's alive in the state of Connecticut. He's alive in New York. He's alive in the Caribbean. He's alive in Europe. He's alive in Africa, in Asia, in, 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 oh, in Brazil. Let's not forget Brazil because our youth pastor will beat me up if I forget Brazil. Amen. Yes. And the Lord is doing some great things in Brazil. Yes, they went through a very tough time, but some good things have been happening, Pastor Lucas, thanks to the prayers of people like you and others. Amen. Let me take you to a sixth marvelous truth, and it is this. All right? The beauty of Christmas. The beauty of discovering Jesus as your personal Savior. Yes. Verse 11 says, The Savior... The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. The Bible here tells us the Savior, yes, the Messiah, has been born to you in Bethlehem. Jesus, the Bible tells us, Jesus was born to become our Savior. How was he and how is he our Savior? He is our Savior because Jesus was and is God come to earth in the person of Jesus. And Jesus, born in a manger, about 33 years later, was crucified on the cross of Calvary, and in so doing, he paid the price for your sins and yours and yours and yours. He paid for the sins of our radio listeners and, and, and internet listeners. He paid for all of our sins through his crucifixion on the cross. So now we can say we are saved. We are saved from the consequences of our sins. We can be forgiven of our sins, adopted into the family of God, we receive his spirit, and we are given the promise of heaven. And so, have you made, and are you trusting in Jesus as your Savior? It's critical, it's essential that each one of us is trusting in Jesus as our Savior. I want to ask you to bow your head with me. And if as yet you have not started to trust in him as your Savior, I want to ask you to pray this prayer right where you are, very sincerely and from your heart, and say to the Lord after me, Dear Lord, Thank you for loving me. Thank you for wanting to be my personal Savior. I repent of my sins. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And on this very special day, Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my heart. I open up my heart and my life to you. 
Come into my heart. Come in today. Come in to stay. I truly want to be dedicated to you, Lord. I want to live my life knowing that my life is in your hands, oh God, through faith and trust in Jesus as my Savior and my Lord. In his name I pray. Amen.